Hello, ladies. Let's perch. Thank you so much for joining the She's Free to Fly podcast. Today, I have the honor and the pleasure of interviewing the love of my life, the apple of my eye, the peach in my cobbler, the one who makes me smile, my biggest accountability partner, Magic. Um, today, Magic is interviewing from California. She is a senior in college. Um, she ended up in California as a recipient of a program called the Black Scholars Program. And I think that is a great place for her to jump in and just tell us about her college experience. So Mariah, let us hear about it, girl. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Hi, ladies. I'm Mariah. Um, as my mom said, I'm a senior in college. I go to the University of San Francisco, where I was blessed to receive the Black, Schol the Black Scholars Program scholarship. Um, and within this program, like the students who are accepted, I believe there's 10 Black Scholars accepted each year. And we're supposed to take two classes together throughout one school year, as well as live in a living learning community together, which is a very interesting segue into my college experience because the year I was supposed to stay in the living learning community, which is usually your freshman year, was during COVID. So I was at home and my living learning community was online. Um, mm -hmm. So that was like... In a very interesting start to college, you didn't have that face-to-face -face interaction. I, I'm a very face-to-face, in-person person. So, like, even not being able to see my teacher, it created some type of distance, I feel, in the classroom. But I was blessed for the Black Scholars Program. Our professor um, was a licensed therapist. So she was able to really, and not, she wasn't giving us therapy, but she was able to guide conversations in a way that we were still able to connect and express ourselves in a time where people were being very, we just had a lot going on. We were holding a lot in and it was hard to express it because even though we were all going through the same experience from different parts of the world, different parts of the country, it was mm -hmm. hard to share that and hard to understand that other people were going through the same thing as well. So, so let me ask, can I ask a question really quick? So yeah. when you say you all were holding a lot in, what were some of those things that you believe the freshmen of that year and the senior um, high school seniors of that year, what were they holding in? And has that, you think, been released over the past few years? I think being in school in general, you are used to interacting with so many people on a day to day mm -hmm. and all of that was shut down at once. So you have, we were at the time high school seniors who missed their proms, who missed their graduations. My graduation was in the cul-de-sac of our neighborhood, like right in our front yard, um, surrounded by all the people I love, but everyone did not have that. Like some people's mm -hmm. graduation was just canceled in general. They got mailed a diploma. Um, so it, it really... I don't know, people just felt very confined within themselves, like mm -hmm. not share too much, not do too much, because to speak to someone during COVID, you have to be doing outreach. You have to be 
reaching out. It wasn't a natural conversation happening because you are no longer running into people in the hallway or in class. So it actually took that extra step of reaching out. And that can be hard for a lot of people, especially someone who's about to go into a very crucial time in their life, college. It can be very hard. So she helped us to open up conversations and open up that dialogue and actually understand, okay, we are all having very similar experiences right now. And it was also a thing of like, unfortunately, during COVID, a lot of people's family members were passing, people who they knew, people's neighbors. So people were also going through these things at home in these confined spaces where they had not been in a house with their family all day, every day since maybe they were kids because you go to school, your family members go to work. So it was it was interesting. It was, a lot. It was very it was interesting. interesting. Well, I must yeah. say, I had a great time with you being home freshman year. You know, I did. I had a great time too. We did a lot. Like, of you were graduating early because we didn't know that your freshman year of college was going to be your freshman year of college. Right. Until the beginning of your 11th grade year when they said, oh, no, you're going to graduate this year. And I'm like, what? And everything was a yeah. scramble. So it's like. I got my extra year, even though you graduated a year early. So yeah. I was thankful. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like COVID also set the tone for my sophomore year. Right. So even though it wasn't as big as it was 2020, going into school 2021 in August, we still had masks. There were still lots of restrictions. Mm-hmm. We had very, very strict guest policies on campus. So it was still hard to engage. And then I was on the executive board for BSU that year. And we had a really hard time getting people to show up. Hold think. on. What's BSU? Like Black Student Union. Black Student Union. Okay. Yes. Okay. I was on the executive board of the Black Student Union as a director of finance, but we all pitched in on planning events and different things. And we noticed that we were having a hard time getting people to show up. But then we started speaking to e-boards of other organizations and everyone was having the same issue. Everyone was having the same issue, even like school departments programs Mm -hmm. were having the same issue the engagement was just very down and it's everyone had been completely isolated for a year. So it's hard to expect that from people. Um, So that was something that was definitely worked on. And I see now on campus, everyone is so connected. It gives college. Okay. (laughs) When, when I was here um, my sophomore year, it it didn't give like college, college. It felt like a twilight zone type of thing. I'm not sure. Okay. But we still were able to make community. Um, still so thankful that I was a part of the Black Scholars Program because that gave me a foundation here. I knew profess I knew professors here. I had a group of students who I could go to. We already had our group chats. We already had one on one conversations in like a specific space that was made just for us, like on Zoom. Um, so we were able to connect on that level. And when we got to campus, we were able to talk. And then my junior year, I had the wonderful pleasure of studying abroad (laughs) for a year. That was amazing. And even in planning for it, I think we were always like, ah, free to fly. Like she's free to fly. We knew she was going everywhere. That was, that was always the plan. Um, 
So that was amazing to have experienced that. And it's really funny because like K through 12, I had never stayed at a school longer than two years. And then before I went to college, we were like, oh, you're going to have to stay there for longer than two years. Like it was a joke. But first year was COVID. My third year, I studied abroad. Now I'm on campus my senior year. So they got my two years. (laughs) They got got your two years. And even going back, when you were going back to campus and you got, you're like, mommy, I can't believe I have to come back. Like I'm in the exact same place. I'm like, you're supposed to be there. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to be there. But let's, let's rewind and talk about how you got to studying abroad. So for college students or high school students who are interested in studying abroad, what is that process like? What is that availability like? And even you advocating for yourself to do that. Can you please share just a little bit about that just to open up the conversation and put something in the toolbox for someone else? Of course. Um, It definitely starts from the beginning, from freshman year maybe beginning of sophomore year, just the planning aspect. So here we have like a four-year degree evaluation. So you're supposed to map out. It doesn't have to be absolute, um, but you're supposed to map out the classes that you'll take all four years in order to graduate on time. Mm -hmm. And for me, I believe the first year... The first year during COVID and then half of second year, I kind of like maxed out my credits. So I took the max amount of credits. I think full time here, it's just 12 credits. Usually people take 16. I took 18, which is the max each semester, um, which has its own ups and downs and challenges because it is most common for people to study abroad for one semester, but I wanted to study abroad for a full year, which is why um, I maxed out most of the time. And then my guiding light here, <laughs> uh, you always was willing to help me in that. I feel like you can see the bigger picture sometimes more than I can. So mm-hmm. with mapping out my classes, you always helped me, especially when I was about to go to school, which really helped. And even my, you help me with things my advisors like, couldn't even help me with <laughs> well that's because we've been mapping out classes man i guess we've been i've been mapping out classes since i homeschooled you like really yeah. mapping out classes and i remember when you were going into middle school and i decided to homeschool you i knew that you would go back to school so i was very um intentional on how i mapped your classes out and the resources and softwares that i got to track what was mapped out. So when you got ready to go back to school, like I didn't have a problem getting you access to higher level classes because Mm -hmm. I mapped everything out and I logged the entire process. So when it was time for you, even when you were in high school, because we mapped the classes out and I knew what it would take for you to graduate high school, we ended up, you graduated a year early. So when you went to college again, okay, Mariah, what's the goal? This is where you're at. This is step one. You tell me where step 10 is and I can figure out how to get you there. And that's what it has always been between you and I. We're going to start at step one. You tell me what your step 10 looks like and it's yours. And if you want to change it at some point, that's fine. It's yours to change. But my goal and my my responsibility is to help you navigate steps two through nine. 
Um, and I think that evens the playing field for you and not only evens the playing field, but kind of puts you a few steps ahead. But you have always been really, really sure about certain things you wanted in life. I can remember you being maybe eight, nine years old and we were sitting at the table um, in the kitchen and you was like, mommy, I want a really, really expensive car. And I was like, oh, you do. And you said, but if I'm going to have a really expensive car, I need to have a really good job. And if I'm going to have a really, really good job, I have to do really, really good in college. And if I'm going to do really, really good in college, I got to do really good in high school. Like you are able yourself to look at where you want to go and understand the things that you have to do before you even get there. So you know, it's it's not just me. It's definitely us working together, but you're very clear on what you want. Not necessarily the specific job, but the feeling that you want or not necessarily the specific house, but the feeling that you want to have when you get to a certain place. Um, And that I'm just, I'm very, very impressed with. Just from one woman to another, I am so impressed by your understanding of you and what pleases you and just where you want to go. Very, very um, impressed with that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your, um, your study abroad. So you were in Paris one semester and Greece one semester. Give me three things that you learned in Paris about you, about people, about Paris. Okay, the <laughs> major thing that I would say about, I feel like you hear a lot of stereotypes before you go somewhere, and I had always heard the stereotype that French people were mean, whatever, and you can you can second this. They're not mean. They no. mind their business. <laughs> Baby, I'm telling you, I, I told you to get a shirt. Yes. Be like the French, mind your business. Exactly. Like, that's how it is. It's not, I feel like in America, it's just so easy to gossip. It's so easy to, that's everywhere, to be honest. Like, it's just, it's very gossip heavy. It's what's the next person doing? How does that affect me? How, what impact can I have on what they're doing? It, that's not a, that's not a big thing there. I don't think. Okay. Um, okay. Or at least not in my experience. I've heard in other people's experiences different, but in my experience, it wasn't. Um, Another big thing that I learned just always, I feel like from now, from growing up to being in Paris, even now, it pays to smile. Like the most rewarding feeling is smiling at someone and they smile back at you and you can have like this, like, I feel connected to you. Like that's one of the most rewarding feelings to me. And I stayed on a very... So blessed. I stayed on like one of the most popular market streets in Paris. Um, so as soon as I walked out of my apartment, there were just shops and the florist, the wine shop, the gelato place, and they oh. all knew me. And every time I walked out, they would smile. And I'm not sure if anyone's ever seen Emily in Paris, but how she just walks through and she's just like, that was me, like in real life. <laughs> just Mariah in Paris in real life. It felt but great. It was amazing. Let's talk about that smiling before you get to number three. 
And this is, I think, the most perfect place to open the conversation about my mother. Um, The lesson that my mother taught me, and she said it then, she says it now, and I pass it on to my daughter, is if you smile at the world, it will smile back at you. And I think that you're so right. You are so right. When you smile at the world, you shift the energy of the world. And, you know, since you were a baby, like when I would pray with you as a little bitty baby in the bed and when you were two and three, like I prayed that you would change the world. And if you don't do anything but change the world with your smile, you have done more than enough. You have done more than enough because you have the most beautiful smile and your mommy is so proud of you. This is my girl. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay, what's the third thing? Patty. Third thing, I think that, and I, I feel like study abroad in general taught me this, mm-hmm. but I value me more. I All value, right. I value me more. Like, he, here, being back at school and it's coming back, you are in school first, you're a student first. And then you have time to do, you find time to do other things that help you to support yourself, take care of yourself, love yourself, love your friends, hang out with friends. And it's like, it's it's hard to do those things in this space. Whereas I felt like schooling abroad, you are a person first. Mm-hmm. And you just don't happen to go to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you can do great in school. Your teachers can still be amazing teachers. You can still learn as much as you do here Mm -hmm. or as I still learned as much as I did here or as I would have here but I experienced life I experienced so many things and I feel like that kind of set the tone for what I want in my future um when I was younger Mariah she did want to make the most money she did want to have the biggest house the nicest car everything and it's like, I still will want those things for myself, but I know like, as long as I'm happy, as long as I'm good in here, I'm, all right. that, I'm perfectly fine. Like that's all that I need. So that was a, right. a big lesson being abroad. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, now fly us over to Greece. Okay. Three, three lessons from Greece. Um, a big one that Greece taught or I'll, Less of a lesson, more of an experience. Okay. I had a very big group of girlfriends in Greece. Mm-hmm. And I've always, like, probably when I was younger, like, when I went to Berean, it was the girls, you know, the girls. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was probably the last time that I had one big friend group who was all connected. Mm-hmm. But I am always... I'm always like in the middle. Like I'm always friends with so many different types of people. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know. Like I mix my friends. I love for my friends to meet each other, to fellowship with each other, but they all have very, very different personalities, backgrounds, interests. And I have friend groups in different places. Whereas in Greece, like I was able to build one big group of girlfriends and we traveled the islands together. And yes. we, had self-care nights together and 
went out to eat. Like that was that was a really nice experience, especially being an adult now, having that and knowing that that's possible. And one thing, and this goes back to the smile. And this goes back to smile in the world, or smile back at you. Okay. Um, one of them, she wrote me like a little note and left it on my bed one day, and it said. Thank you, Mariah, because I didn't know that everyone's like Kashana at once. Wow. And like, that's probably one of the most meaningful things to me because you would like to think that like you're a good person. And I know I go into situations very genuine. I don't judge. I love like I I don't know how to do anything but love. My mother is nothing but love. My grandmother's nothing but love. My great grandmother's nothing but love. That's all I know how to do. So to know that that got across in a group that big like mm-hmm. wow <laughs> wow that really yeah that wow. that set a tone for sure wow wow yeah. all right all right um so before we leave your study abroad can you tell us a few of the places that you traveled to and which oh, one was okay. like a few of them that just eh, they were the ones okay some of us even just reflecting on this i'm like wow <laughs> Right. This is crazy. Um, so I've been able to go to 10 countries in the past okay. year. Okay. The standouts, Greece was amazing. Greece mm-hmm. was, I don't even know how to describe it. I feel like Greece is so cool because there's so many different parts. Greece has, right. I believe, like 55 islands. You can't go to all of them. Um but a few of them you can, and every island you go to, every place you go to is a different experience. So I feel like Greece is cool because you can be so many different places at once. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're looking into study abroad, I really did love the American College of Greece. And my favorite thing was that when students study abroad, they don't always have the means to travel on the weekends and do these different things. But that school, like, they make sure to show you different experiences. So they put us on, they put the study abroad students on a bus and took us through the neighborhood, took us on different tours, took us to, we took a boat trip to an island. So even if you don't come with that extra, extra money to do, to fly every weekend or whatever the case may be, you can still have a good experience there. Um, So I did really like Greece, especially for that reason. I love the neighborhood that we stayed in. Everyone was so kind. The food was amazing. There's an mm-hmm. island in Greece called Peros. I really thought that like Mykonos Santorini would be like my favorite. Peros is my favorite island. The food right. was amazing. The sunsets, um, everything was so good. So Aww. that would be like a, a top for me. And that was one of our girls trip stops. So that made it 10 times better. It was really nice. And then Morocco. Ooh. Morocco. <laughs> Morocco has my heart. Morocco yes. has my heart. Wait, I maybe should come back to that one because I feel like it's it's a segue. So I'm gonna skip Morocco and go to I would say London. Okay. Oddly enough, I never was like, oh my gosh, I have to go to London. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I was never like that. But in going there, I really did have a good experience. I was only there for two days. Most money I've spent in a weekend. It's very expensive. <laughs> but it was it was fun. It was a nice time. I was with my friend Simone. We had a blast. So London was nice. Paris, of course. Living Paris. in Paris, I could see the Eiffel Tower out of my window. 
and that is just something I don't know that was manifestation like that again what'd you say that's manifestation that parents experience is true manifestation it's so manifestation you've had a Paris bedroom as a child you've had Paris parties as a child it's somewhere you've always been interested in going so that was just Paris was definitely manifestation definitely definitely um one thing I want to share and I want to thank you publicly like when I I met you in Istanbul and we traveled and I ended up in Greece and Mariah booked me the most exciting lodging hotel experience ever and what made it so beautiful is that literally out of my window was Acropolis And as a child, I have loved Greek mythology. I have read all about Greek mythology and just to be so close to it. I was like grinning from ear to ear. And it was just, I just thank you so much for remembering the things that matter to me. um, Just as my daughter and wanting to do things to make me happy. Um, Because a lot of times as a parent, you spend all your thought and money and resources and everything to make your child happy. But when the child turns around and does the exact same thing, like that is definitely, definitely a bucket list item that I never knew I even had it. You know, like I, as a child, I didn't dream that big. You, I, I didn't, I didn't, but you make dreams come true that are above and beyond anything that I can imagine. And I know that's just a God in you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad. All right. That's, that's, and I was thinking about that. This is like a side note, but I was thinking about that earlier. Like, I always want to be, I always want to give back to you. I always want to be my best for you. And this is a whole nother conversation, but you always want to be your best for me. So mm-hmm. sometimes like when I'm sad or when I'm down, I don't want to call you all the time because I want you to see me at my best. But it's oftentimes those people who you want to see you at your best who can get you mm-hmm. through your worst. Yes. Like that was like my thought earlier today. And I was just like, I always want to give you my best. I want to show you the best. I want you to see the best parts of the world. I have as big dreams for you as you have for me. Like seeing wow. you do this makes me so, it fills my heart. I was talking to someone wow. earlier who had, I sent them the video of your podcast and they were like, she's glowing. I was like, I know, like she's glowing. Like I love to see that. (laughs) You have to, I don't. So I completely understand that you want me to see you at your best, but I will tell you a thousand times over. You and I are so connected, whether you tell me or not, there can, if something is wrong with you, something is wrong in my spirit. Yeah, and so the the faster we can work through it, and not to rush you through it, but don't be, don't hold it back because you don't want to share it with me and bring me down. Because if anything, I'm strong enough to bring you up, just like you're strong enough to bring me up. There are times mm-hmm. I like, I just want to just do nothing. But baby, you tell me, all right, you got to get on your Zoom at 10, baby. My baby said, I got to get up. We got to get on your Zoom. We got to get on that Zoom. I feel you. Like, but, um, and I hope a a, a lot of people can hear this part that what you're facing 
is not so heavy that somebody else can't help you carry it. Because sometimes you just have to carry it and talk through it with someone. And just by doing that, it can make the smallest of change. So, baby, don't ever think you got to hold something because you don't want me to see you a certain way. Okay? Got it. it always ends up going back to you. We end up hurting in the same place. Be like, right. oh, okay, all right. What's wrong with you? No, what's wrong with you? And then we get right. To- <laughs> we right. right. All of a sudden I get sick, but you feel better. Exactly. But exactly. baby, I'll take it for you every single day of the week. Every day I'll take it for you. Just like you'll take it for me. And vice versa, you know it. Just like you you'll take it, it for me. All right. Um, you want to share something about Morocco? Yes. <laughs> so Morocco is probably we went to Marrakesh. Um, we stayed at the Janan Thompsona Hotel, mm-hmm. only black woman owned hotel in Morocco. Mm-hmm. And I feel like to describe it as only a hotel is is injustice. Because yeah. it is so much more. It is an experience. It is a connecting space, a building space. It's so beautiful. And the energy and spirit and feeling there cannot mm-hmm. be yeah. put into words. Like, I just yeah. can't put it into words. And it's truly something to experience. Yeah. Um, so that was a big part of my trip in Morocco, as well as, like, that you have these dreams and goals like when you're younger and like to think about oh my goodness I was just in Greece my mom's in the U.S. we could meet up in Morocco and be able to connect and fellowship and see each other like that is such a blessing so thinking about that the whole time I was there um one of my friends joined us Kaylin so even being able to show like for to see her have new experiences, her seeing me have new experiences, my mom seeing two young girls like have new experiences because I know you are very, very passionate about young women and the growth of young women. So like seeing that in your eye, looking at looking at you, look at us, <laughs> like right. that was an experience within itself. Um, but it's such a beautiful space. People people are willing there. I think yes. that is a a really big thing. People are willing to teach you, willing to show you, willing to talk to you, very open, very kind. Yes. And mm-hmm. even though we don't always speak the same language, like you figure it out. And it's 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 definitely a willingness and an energy that mm-hmm. I haven't really felt um too many other places. It's very unique. It's very unique. Okay. And we went at the end of Ramadan. So it was also going oh, into really? a season of celebration. So seeing that, like seeing the people experience that was absolutely beautiful. Like it was so yes. beautiful. Yes. So yes. yeah, I really love Morocco. And then <clears throat> the segue I was speaking of, so like even being able to stay, stay at the Janan Thompson Hotel, like you have always made sure that I had certain experiences, experiences in life so that I knew I could do certain things. And yes. I knew I was capable of them, deserving of them. And vice versa. Yes. So yes. it's, it's, yes. yeah, that's just like a full, it's like even in my adult life, like you're still showing me that. I remember maybe what once a year, occasionally you would save up and take me to like brunch. 
at the Four Seasons or something, just so mm-hmm. that I knew it was something that I could achieve in somewhere I could be in a space that I belonged in. You never taught me to believe that any spaces were restricted to me or I couldn't be in them. So mm-hmm. Morocco was also like a model of that for me, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's wonderful. One last thing before we finish the travels. Can you share about safety, traveling internationally, and the difference in safety here in the U.S.? I think before you, well, it of course it depends on where you go. A lot of times before you go somewhere, you're put on high alert, of course, be safe. I don't travel usually by myself. I don't really travel by myself. Um, When I stayed in Paris, I lived with someone in Greece. Like I lived in a dorm. It was apartment style, but it was like 10 of us. So there was always someone who you could walk somewhere with or go somewhere with. I don't think I felt unsafe in any of the countries I went to. Romania was a little different. And I won't speak for the whole country, but in the airport, at least, most of my roommates, um, we went from Greece. So most of my roommates who I live with in Greece were white. And then I was the only, like, visually Black person. And we went to the airport. We were going through TSA in Romania. They all they asked them all like one question and they passed through. I was standing at that counter for so long. They asked me so many questions and that's when like, oh, okay, okay, I'm black here. I'm black everywhere. I'm proud to be black everywhere. But just it it showed that I was different. I was very different there. They were not used to seeing me. They threw away my my comb in the airport. <laughs> really? <laughs> like yes, like going through TSA, they threw away my comb. Girl, you ain't telling me that. Okay. Yeah, I had like a rat tail comb. They they said you can't have this here. Oh, okay. All right. I see why. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So yeah, that was definitely experience. But other than that, I'm honestly a lot of times more scared for my life in the US than I was abroad. Being completely transparent. Mm -hmm. So All That's right. always Thank something you. to think about. I know a lot of parents are like afraid for their their children to go abroad, but it can be a lot scarier here. It is a lot scarier here. Okay. 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 All right. All right. So we've made it back over. Now we're into um, senior year. And what are your hopes for senior year? Well, oh, what are some things you're doing now at school? And what are your hopes? So... This has been a very busy year already. We're only two weeks into the semester, um, but mm-hmm. I've been here for about a month now. And this year I'm a resident advisor. So RA training is a is a job <laughs> within itself. Being an RA mm-hmm. is a job within itself. Um, but it's very rewarding to be able to create a space where everyone feels comfortable and can feel most like themselves. So I've really been trying to communicate with my residents. We have social programs planned for them. So planning those type of things, that has been very nice. And then I'm also co-president of an org called Sister Connection on campus. Mm -hmm. 
And our goal is to unify Black women on campus. And when I tell you this right now, right here, it's like my passion. It's like my baby. Like, I I love it because it it feeds into things I want to do in the future. Um, I have to work with Black women. I have to foster spaces for Black women to know that they can thrive. And see, we... We're the same. That's that's clearly my mom. Because I want to make spaces where people know that they're free to fly. Like, that's the goal. And that's who we are. So, this yeah. connection is, like, my pilot in that, I would say. And so far, we've had, we had a back-to-school brunch event that was a new experience for me. Just hosting and creating that. Because I went to... We don't have the biggest budget. So I went like walking around to different places and I spoke to the owner of a restaurant, explained to him what I was doing, the right. type of experience I wanted to create, the fact that I loved his space and would love other people to experience it. And he was so nice to give us his patio for free for like an hour on whatever day we wanted and just building that connection. Then I met his wife who owns the restaurant across the street. So that's like okay. a potential for future opportunities. And we had a pretty good turnout at the brunch. It went well. Um, Learning different leadership skills and how to delegate is a big thing that I'm working on. Okay. Um, (laughs) I thought my mom was Miss Dwarf herself. She could do it herself. I I can do it myself. But you don't always have to do it by yourself. So that's That's a big thing that I'm learning. Um, And splitting work, splitting tasks. And not. I'm, I'm the type of person, like, before I give you an idea... I want it to be fully developed, or at least most of the way. Whereas I have people who can go through that process with me now. Mm-hmm. Um, so communicating with them, hearing thoughts, sharing with them my thoughts, sharing with them what I'm trying to do so they can help me get to that angle. That is a big right. part of being on an executive board, especially being president of an executive board, something that I'm seeing and figuring out now. Right, right. I think. Um... If there is no per no parent is the perfect parent, right? And I am not the perfect parent. Um, I have done my best, but I am not the perfect parent. If there is one thing I wish I had taught you different or taught you earlier is how to ask for help and how to delegate and how to live in a space of receiving. Um, because I think that's important. But I also know that God is wherever you are and you will learn and get what you need. And at each phase of your life, you're, you're learning something different. And so this is your delegating leadership, asking for help and allowing people to give you their best and be able to communicate with them. So um, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm I'm definitely, definitely proud of you. And even on that, I feel like you always say like old school is, do as I say, not as I do, but you are mm-hmm. a lead by example and like a do mm-hmm. do as I do. Like I am a guide for you. I do think you taught me that lesson. It may not have been in that way of do as I do because I did not see you ask for help a lot or see you receive as much as you should have. But I could always ask you for help. You were always very, you can always, you were always a resource to me. You were Mm -hmm. always a guide to me. And I knew that. And I know that now. And my friends know that. My friends come with me to problems, I'll send them to you. (laughs) So, like, 
So that's that's and they come too. That, that's my babies, honey. I love them. <laughs> I love them all. I love them all. You what do you think? What do you think about our, what is it about our relationship or the way I communicate with you that some people don't necessarily get? Or what is it from your perspective? What is it about our relationship? I feel like it, it, it purely operates out of here. Like it operates out of the heart. I feel like a lot of parent child relationships, like you I can't, I'm not a parent, so it's hard for me to speak from that point of view, but it's Mm -hmm. like, I love you, but I have to be a certain type of way here because I'm your parent. There has to be set boundaries, which I feel like there are between us. There has to be a certain way of communication style that different parent-child relationships have, all those different things, but I I don't think we're in our head on who, who we should be or who we have to be. It's more so of I'm going to operate and interact with you purely from my heart. So, like, it's never been like a Mariah, you can't be my friend. You've never been like that. Mm -mm. So it's like in being that way, I you are my friend. Like, it's Mm -hmm. one thing for your child to not be your friend, but you should be your child's friend because you you want them to tell you certain things and be a certain way with you and have be comfortable enough with you to have Mm -hmm. conversations that needs mm-hmm. to be had and it it made it so that a lot of things like you always told me you experienced so I didn't have to go through but you still gave me the option to go through it myself so that's like another so, yeah. hey I'm gonna tell you <laughs> my experience now if you still want to do it then you still want to do it and that's how we that's how we operate it so it was like a very clear like I don't know and you big enough I, to I do it be big enough to say you did it and yeah. you have always been big enough to say you did it and when you say you did it I'm I like did. Ain't nothing I, I can say. I did it. I hate <laughs> you. Own it, man. You own it. Oh, yeah, and wow. that, I think that's that's the thing about our relationship. We own it. You own the way you parent me. You and you do yeah. it in an amazing way. I own the position I am in as your child. I own the relationship that we have. Yeah, me and my mama have an open relationship. Like I've been, especially coming to school, it was a thing of like, you talk to your mama every day? You tell your mama this? You tell your mama that? Yeah. (laughs) What you mean? That's that's my girl. Look, then we be on the phone. Girl, let me tell you what happened. Girl, please tell me why. Like, yeah. Then so, I get on the phone. And I'm I, like, hold on, wait a minute. Let me get myself together. What happened, girl? Exactly. Every time. every, And it's not like I can't talk to you. And I think that's another thing about like why our relationship is the way it is. You started your own business, or at least from my knowledge, you started your own business so that you could be at home with me. You mm-hmm. did certain things so that you could be with me. You never made me feel like I was undeserving of your time or I had to fight for your time, which might be a little only child syndrome on my part. Like I'd be expecting my mama to answer the phone when I call her. <laughs> but I never I, I never had to fight for your attention and fight for your time, fight for your love. And that always made me feel I could share anything with you. Like I mm. You're the first person I go to. If something exciting in my life happens, I want to tell my mama first because I know she want to hear it. You, you've never acted like you didn't. Like you've never right. been 
had a wall up or anything. So that's good. That's good. I think um, a lot of that, if for me, you were a gift to me and it's my responsibility to get you to a certain place. And I have always taken that responsibility very, very seriously. Like there was an agreement made before we even touched this earth that my responsibility was to get you to a certain place and just give you all the tools and resources that I could give you. And that was, you know, if that's being available for you, then that's being available for you. Um, but you have always made it so easy. God knows you have made it easy um, to do. I, you have made it so easy. Life has not been easy, but anything that has, whenever life is lifing, you lighten that load. Just the, just the smile on your face and your spirit. And you just really, really lighten that load. Um, and so I thank you. I thank you for trusting me with you. Even sometimes when you want to hold back, you still decide to trust me with you. It's like, okay, I can't hold it no more. And I thank you for trusting me with you. Um, and I feel no safer in this world with anybody than I do with you as well. Um, you make me a better person. You really, really do. I think this is, um, a really good place to kind of wind up. I really do. But I want to ask you, what is the greatest advice you've ever received? What is the most life-changing thing you think you've heard thus far? I said this one, and I may think of something else. Okay. But it sounds so, it may sound so basic, but I really think, like, everything is going to be okay. That, for me, is, like, because sometimes I, I do get very anxious when it comes to decision-making and different things. And <clears throat> someone was asking me what I want to do earlier, and I was telling them, like, I feel like I'm in this cave, and there's so many different tunnels that I could go down. And that's stressful to me. But then when I think about no matter which tunnel I go down, I'm going to be okay. You're going to That's be what keeps that. me going. So I would definitely say, like, everything, you will end up exactly where you're supposed to be. Like, when something does not go in my favor, I promise you, I prom I may be a little upset for two, se two seconds, but at the end of the day, I know that I was not supposed to be there. I was not supposed to be in that situation. I was not supposed to have that job. I was not supposed to have that friend. It wasn't that it it wasn't meant to be. And I will end up exactly where I'm supposed to be. So That's as long right. as I keep moving forward with integrity and being genuine and remaining who I am, I That's will end right. up exactly where I'm supposed to be. That's right. All things, baby. All things. All things. All things. All things. All things. My prayer to God is when it comes to you. When it comes to your brothers, God, catch my babies when they fall. That's it. Because everything is not going to be easy. And if if there's a closed door, if there's a hole underground and you fall in it or you fall through it, God will be there and all things come together. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. If sometimes life sits you down, sit down and figure out what it is you're supposed to be learning because you needed a break. Okay. And that's just it. That's just it. Well, I am. um. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that you took time out of your schedule because I know it's busy. 
Um, I have to get on your schedule just like anybody have to get on mine. Like I literally have to get on your schedule. Uh, so I am happy for you. Anything you want to share to young adults in your generation before you come off the podcast? Definitely repeat that everything is going to be okay, peace, but also use your resources. If it is anything that I'm realizing being a senior, I feel like college is like this blanket. You have time to mess up a little bit. You have time to figure things out. You still have time once you graduate to do those things. But in college, you have certain resources that you may overlook. Career services, tutoring, clubs, those little things that you're interested in, those little electives, take them. Those little clubs, join them. Even if you only go to one meeting, you never know who you will meet. You never know who will become a resource to you. Your professors, talk to them. Talk to them about their life if they down for that like speak to them because I still have professors from my freshman year who check in on me and I check on them and I know they will be at my graduation even though they may not work in this space anymore be in this space anymore so use your resources communicate what you need to people because nine times out of ten like at least for the people who who I've interacted with they are willing to help and they want to see you succeed especially when you're in college when you're in college, it's, it's like a little extra icing on the cake. Hi, I'm a mm-hmm. college student and I need milk it. Milk it. <laughs> so, yeah. High All school, right. college, like definitely use your resources. Well, thank you so much. Hopefully we will see you again at She's Free to Fly. And I will end by saying, I pray you receive my love. I, I pray that you feel the love of God. I, I pray you share with others. So I love you and have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the She's Free to Fly podcast. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at She's Free to Fly. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts at She's Free to Fly. Or even watch the podcast on YouTube on the at she's free to fly podcast channel remember we drop on tuesdays at 5 a.m so it will be up and running when you're ready on tuesday morning have a wonderful day